Rangers and residents of Amber Beach, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my best friend who I barely get to talk to now, Kennedy. I, yeah, are we even best friends anymore? I feel so neglected. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're just, we have our lives. We're very busy right now. Uh, yeah. Kennedy's got a very busy job. I, too, have quite of a busy job as well as a daughter now. And but, it's Ramadan. Um, yeah, Ramadan really prevents me from it's like having like a, a battery, you know, you ever stuck a double A battery in, in your, uh, in your Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, I was like, I was like, okay, modern reference here. Uh, you ever stuck a battery in your Xbox controller and then, you know, like you, you play with it for like two days and it fucking dies on you. It's kind of like that, except the battery's wonky and you only get like three hours out of it of talking without passing out. <laughs> uh, I figured out the trick though because last year when I was recording in Ramadan I can't remember what season we were doing back then but like I remember being on a discord call with you and just going alright Kennedy I'll have to see you later I know we've only been talking for like an hour but I gotta go lay down homie didn't you didn't you cut a recording short even I think at one point you were like we're gonna have to do this later yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know what? Like, I got to say props to you for quitting caffeine because holy shit. Last year, I was getting massive fucking migraines and headaches after a couple hours. And I didn't understand exactly what was causing it other than, dog, I'm hungry and thirsty. But apparently, if I just have a coffee in the morning, like I usually do, I'd never have a headache. During my fasting, I get really hungry or whatever or thirsty, but yeah, no, it's strictly caffeine withdrawals that was doing me in, which is insane. And you're over here. You're like, I'm I'm just a I'm an NB with the T. <laughs> yeah, quitting caffeine was hard. And, you know, it was actually. It was interesting because you sent me a message about this. We're, this is a weird episode, folks. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you sent me a message about this, about how you were like uh, figuring out the caffeine thing with Ramadan. I was thinking about it. Like it took caffeine withdrawals for me were longer than Ramadan. So like even if you did quit caffeine for all of Ramadan, you would not get through withdrawals. Yeah. I also <laughs> don't have a steady supply of sativa or anything. So it's kind of just like, uh... How much could I tolerate this, you know? And then, of course, during Ramadan, you can't smoke and shit like mm -hmm. that. So it's it's all it's all up there, man. My freaking motions are all bundled up now. I have a heart. Like if I get in a bad mood, I'm just like shit. Much harder to get out of a bad mood. Before you know, you just smoke. You just be like, ah, fuck it, whatever. It's fine. It's a struggle. Move on. Point blank. Now I'm just like, ah, oh, damn it. I'm waking up and I'm still mad. <laughs> but I think overall, though, it's just it's a healthy reminder to to know what it's like to not have. Right. Yeah. And doing it once uh, doing it a month out of the year, I think, is fine enough. 
I think if this was like a three month thing, I'd be like, I don't know, homie. <laughs> I love you, God, but fasting for 13 hours a day, three months out of the year is a bit much. <laughs> I don't know how well I could keep that up. Last year, I lost like what? Fucking 18 pounds? Yeah. I'm a skinny guy. Like, I know y'all listen to this podcast. And you're Grab like, mm. skinnier than me, and that's fucked up, okay? I, I just got to be clear. Like, I have Crohn's disease, and, like, I have always been chronically underweight my whole life, basically. I'm finally at a healthy weight for the first time in my life at 32. And grab, and just barely. Like, I'm, like, at the cusp of, like, just barely weighing enough for my height, you know? Grab is skinnier than me. That's fucked up. <laughs> How tall are you, Kennedy? I'm six one. You're a pretty tall person. Yeah. I'm uh I'm five foot seven. I'm a short king. Five foot seven and a half. We love but our short I, kings. <laughs> I weigh 130 pounds. Like normally. That's my regular weight. My body refuses to gain. If I if I do like I remember I was doing like a bulking. I had like a whole bulking uh time period of my life. Where I made it up to like 143, I was fucking sick. It was pure fucking muscle on me. I was like, damn, let's fucking go. And then the minute I stopped taking protein powder because I had to start a job for the first time in my life. I was like 18 and like going to go into the military because I didn't have any career prospects. And my, my parents didn't want to help me out with college. Yay. Uh <laughs> I, uh, I was like, ah, fuck this. I'm going to get a, a normal job, not go to the military, you know, all this shit. As soon as I got a normal job, my body was like, you're not working out. You're not bulking up. That's it. Muscle's gone. Went from 143 all the way back down to 130. Lost that shit in like two weeks. My body's an efficient machine. What can I say? <laughs> I've been 130 since then. So but I weighed like why? 112. I was like 112 at the end of Ramadan. You were like giving me like a, you gave me like the grimacing emoji. And you were like, dog, you got to do something. <laughs> you got to like, eat some the, vitamins or something. The for fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mean, I didn't notice it. Like I didn't even notice I was losing weight until I went on a walk with my wife. And uh, I was like, I feel really light on my feet. Like, I feel, like, really fucking, like, like, I feel like a strong wind could, like, get me on my ass. <laughs> like, I feel like I lost all sort of plump in my butt. It's gone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thankfully, like, right after it ended, I just gained it all back. But this time around, I'm getting two home-cooked meals a day. You know, I'm skipping out on lunch and all that stuff. But I think now I'm, I'm going to be better off, hopefully. But it comes at a very interesting time because I was thinking, like, I don't know how I might do, like, I don't know how I'm going to do the Power Rangers watching. Because now I've got a, a sort of nine to five job and all this other stuff. And with a fucking big ass migraine, kind of hard to pay attention to the episodes, even when they are pog. <laughs> but, you know, thankfully we figured that shit out. And then we ended up getting some, we're back to watching good Power Rangers. Like, I think we forgot about that. Right? Because it's not really a chore to watch these episodes. No, it's not. Um, they're pretty enjoyable to watch. Even if some of them are, like, not the greatest. Like, if you're just watching it, especially while you do something else, it's great. Like, you can't complain. 
Yeah. And you know what's funny is like I'm I'm Polly. Uh Kennedy is also Polly. And like I had um I have a my my second partner didn't watch Power Rangers before this. She was out here watching it and she was like, Go, go, Power Rangers. Don't you ever stop. Like and like thoroughly pogged up to watch some of the episodes and stuff and it was it's been a blast honestly like it's not only just the fact that the theme song absolutely whips this season but also just like the episodes are fucking great um and you know there was no filler guide to this season so we had to come up with it on our own and in particular kennedy was the one that contributed the most this season so we've got a couple episodes that are filler uh, what were the episodes that we skipped? Episode 14 and 16, I think? I think it's 14 and 16. One of them is like a fart episode. Uh, it's really... It kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, it's shocking, actually. Because, like, it's like a relatively mature season. And then they have this episode where this monster is like, I'm gonna fart really hard! And, like, that's... He does that, like, every other scene, basically. And you're just like... And then luckily, nothing of relevance happens in the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. So I was able to call it filler. Because uh, that episode was terrible. Um, and for other reasons, too. It just was one of the worst episodes of the season. Uh, and then uh, uh, the other episode that we determined to be filler just had nothing going on. It was just like a... I don't remember exactly what even happened in it. <laughs> that caused me to call it filler. That's the thing. It's like it was. It did nothing happened in it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you know the hol the holiday specials, and of course the holiday stuff. Yeah. Apparently, though, the holiday stuff for this follow up season is relevant, but we'll be the judge of that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the Christmas one this season. Uh, the in the Dino Supercharged season. Yeah. Um But honestly, like. I'm just happy. I'm happy that we're at a point in the podcast where we're finally watching some good, consistent Rangers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's been a while, and reflecting upon 22 seasons of this damn show <laughs> has been like, a, okay, you know, we watched a lot of shit. Like, just a lot of just, like pointless television that we just content munched our way through we've done over i think 70 episodes of this podcast now approaching 80 i think so it's just like yeah we we've been at this for a long time and i didn't uh, think i didn't think we'd make it this far honestly i thought we'd quit around time force really like, i thought we'd be yeah no i did i thought we'd be like yeah, the classic Power Rangers was kind of fun, but it's sort of weaning off. Especially because you have to remember, I was wrong in my memory of Time Force. I thought Time Force wasn't good, but that was just because of my childhood perception where I was kind of aging out of wanting to watch the Power Rangers. Like, Time Force is actually pretty good. Um, yeah. So, like, in my mind, I was like, from Turbo to Time Force, it mostly sucks outside light speed, which is kind of true. Not as true as I remember, but it is kind of, there, there is a lot of crap around that era. So yeah, I was, Lost I, in my mind, I was like, we'll watch MMPR, we'll watch Zeo, we'll watch Turbo, we'll watch In Space, we'll watch all the fun stuff from the early days, and then we might kind of be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Imagine betting on doubt. Imagine betting on doubt. I've been a believer since day one. 
<laughs> I've been totally committed. I'm like, Kennedy, <laughs> I'm just, you better put a fucking ring on it. We're here to the end. I mean, I've been here. I didn't stop. But I'm just saying, I, I did wonder like, if we would just be like, damn, this is too much of a kid's show. I think... Because I, I, especially because again, I just, I didn't remember enough of what happened and I didn't see anything after Time Force as a I child. I pull so. up the YouTube video of all the Power Ranger intros and sing along to them now quite often, <laughs> quite a bit, I would say. I wouldn't say I do it like weekly, maybe once bi-weekly or something like that. It might change now that like, you know, I have a daughter now, she's two months old. And it's just easy for me to sing Power Rangers theme songs than it is for me to sing anything else. <laughs> I think once we got through Wild Force, I was like, I think we've seen the worst of the worst and we can put up with whatever. Especially since like everybody was like, yo, you got through Wild Force? Great. But homie, you got Mega Force and Super Mega Force coming up. And we're just like, ah, shit. And then Mega Force and Super Mega Force ended up being pog as fuck. Like, <laughs> we, like yeah, we got so trolled on that. I will never get over that. I will never get over that. I will keep referencing this. It's so shit good. Forever. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Silver Ranger sucks ass. Really could have been cut out from the show. But like, honestly, outside of Silver Ranger sucking, like for the most part, those seasons were great. And it was awesome to watch him. Like, it was definitely very fun to watch. So, I mean, other than, like, the ultra nerds, the, the ultra, the ultra traditionalists of the Power Rangers uh, fandom being like, ugh, Megaforce, Super Megaforce is whack. It's like, dog, like, this is actually, like, a lot better than a lot of the seasons we watched. Like, I still think about SPD and how much, like, that season has aged, like, fucking milk since we've seen it. Since even our season review... Like I think, like when I think yeah, back I'm on SPD, go back and, and take a point off of SPD. Just yeah, so y'all know. Like I'm already at like half a point off of SPD. Like SPD was like a five. I'm like it's like a four point five now. Yeah. When on, upon further reflection, or even worse. Um. However, when that theme song comes on, I'm just like, oh, damn, this shit whips so hard. <laughs> on the other hand, I went back and rewatched a Ninja Storm episode not too long ago. Fucking pog. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to like go back and watch some of the episodes that you know we originally listed as filler and then you know being like, oh actually this wasn't filler, we'll add it to the 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 filler guide and you know be the judge of all of that, etc. But I think that like Ninja Storm, Lightspeed, um Maybe not missed. I think we watched like I think there was a certain point in time where we just watched every episode of of the season or whatever. Mystic Force, I don't know if it was one of them, but just like there's a couple of seasons out there where I'm like, okay, we missed the cut. Like Lost Galaxy, genuinely, there was like an episode or two that we missed that was actually pretty crucial to character development. Not sure how much that would play into like the actual review rating scores, but genuinely speaking, like hey, you know, when people tell me. Or when I see online, oh yeah, uh, what 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 was uh, Adam Young, the replacement for Zach in MMPR? Oh, uh, um, Adam Park. Adam Park. Yeah. Adam Park 
when people tell me Adam Park in or whenever I see online Adam Park was the real leader of of the Zio team, I'm like, where the fuck was him? But then I remember that we cut like 23 fucking episodes from that season or more. Um, we've retro I've retroactively added episodes that like gave some context to some of the Zio stuff, like uh, Tommy's quote unquote Native American heritage, um, and stuff like that, and his brother and all that other jazz. Um, but yeah. I think like upon our initial watching, I remember going, "Where the fuck was this guy?" And then reading on the the Power Rangers subreddit at the time and, and them going, oh, like he was like a crucial part of the team. Tommy wasn't really the leader, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess we got to go back to Zio and watch a little bit of that. Well, first of all, um, a lot of these filler guides were made by kind of different criteria than we use. A lot of the people that make filler guides for the Power Rangers have this attitude of like, if there's a new Zord, that's important. But if two characters admit that they're in love with each other for the first time, we can skip that. Um. <laughs> I would also like to reiterate that when I initially made the filler guide, I gathered all of the filler guides and just put all the episodes that re they recommended into this. So that means at least three nerds were wrong. <laughs> um, I did take out so the pig episode, though. There was like a... A fan favorite pig monster from MMPR that got like a return and the episode didn't mean diddly squat. Um, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Get, get this shit out of here. But I'm also <laughs> interested to re-rate seasons, not like definitively, but as like the, this is what we would have rated it with the filler. Yeah. Um, and this season would be one that might lose a point if we did that. <laughs> yeah, I think if we didn't like... If we included every episode in here, I guarantee you this season would be worse off. I think the filler guide definitely helps this season. It's one of those seasons where the filler guide helps out. We're only removing two episodes, but one of the episodes is literally so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. this season had no worst episode chosen. Like, by the time you're listening to this, the best and worst would have already came out, and there's only the best. Because the worst episodes are like just sixes, and it's like, is that really bad? Yeah, it's is just that like is a that really bad? Shit. And I don't know. It just felt more fun to just show just our guests for like two hours. Episodes. <laughs> Have fun. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we start off with episode three, right? We got the first two down for the intro, and then we have episode. No, did we do? Yeah, we did do three. We did do two episodes for the intro. Yeah, we did two episodes for the intro. Yeah, so basically, I'm not going to reiterate tons of that. You can listen to our entire episode about how this season starts. Um, but, you know, Keeper, Sledge, Energems, Power Rangers, etc. <laughs> and that leads us on to episode three. Um, so episode three is called A Fool's Hour. Uh, and... Uh, it largely kind of revolves around a little bit of like character development for Tyler. And also it's uh it's it's an episode that we we see in most seasons of the Power Rangers in some form, which is like the can the team really come together episode. So This is when we learn Coda is a caveman. 
Yes, we learn a little bit about Coda's backstory also in this episode. Um, so Coda lived thousands of years ago, and he found an Energem, and he was frozen in ice, but the Energem kept him alive because the Energem keeps you alive and at the exact same age that you're at right now, no matter what, pretty much. So this explains some of Coda's weirdness. Um, this is overall a decent plot point, but I do want to go ahead and address right now something about this that really does drag the season down a tiny bit, unfortunately, which is they really overdo it with Coda's baby speech. Like, we get it. Coda is a relatively recently unthawed caveman, but he's also fucking smart, and he ha- he's, like, adapting to learn to use all this Power Rangers technology and shit all the time, and, like literally dealing with like the biggest threats in the world he does not come off as a dumbass like they don't even play that up as like a part of his character so there's a certain point at which his broken english that they insist that coda has to use becomes frustrating and i want to go ahead and address that now because this is sort of a coda focused episode it's frustrating i don't know what else to say it's really frustrating I think Coda can learn a few more nouns and articles, especially as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, they could have just gave him the accent, the the accent that he currently has, and just speak better as time goes on, and it would have been just fine. And make him occasionally struggle with, like, a challenging word or concept or piece of grammar. Sure. Sure. Like... That, that it wouldn't be noticeable. The problem is it's every line. And so you start to feel that effect here. I not speak well. Yeah. Like shit like that. And you're just like, come on. Come on. Uh, Coda, though, overall, it's kind of hard. Coda is such a mixed bag because like, I want to give the character so much props because he's good. He's a good ranger. He's a good character and everything. They just like shit on him with his dialogue. Yeah. Cause he has standout moments. He has good personalization. He's a great friend to the team. It's just, it's the speech, man. Like once, once he's talking for over a minute, you're like, I'm so tired of hearing broken, broken speech. Like, can you do something better for this character? Yeah. And it also, it felt like the kind of thing that you could magic away. Like, we could just have an episode where uh, uh, Kendall is just like, hey, I made a thing uh, that, like, we're going to inject Coda with, and then he'll speak perfect English. They just, they do goofy shit like that all the time in Power Rangers. Yeah. I guess maybe, like, because you got to... You got to have the constant reminder that he's a caveman. <laughs> yeah, they again, were like, this I is, think, this I is think the move here would have been have Coda occasionally struggle with a challenging, like he's trying to convey a tough emotional concept and he doesn't know the word that he wants or something like that. You know, when he talks, and- <clears throat> you can see he's actively struggling to talk to talk. Right. So, like, you could have definitely played it the way you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so this episode is kind of okay, but like, 
this is a bit of the start of like, hmm, Coda, one of the most questionable characters of this whole saga that we're currently in. Um, his backstory is kind of neat, but we don't actually get enough of it. Yeah, because he he lost like his little he lost his little brother to time, essentially. Yeah, he was defending his little brother in a cave uh, from a saber toothed tiger and fell off a ledge. Mm -hmm. um, and he's frozen in ice after that. Yeah, he was frozen in ice for a hundred thousand years because of the energem. Mm -hmm. So like he's a man out of time who doesn't have a family like a blood related family anymore that he knows of. And he's with Chase and Kendall who aren't really helping him be like a like like, OK. Not that they're not helping him. They're just not helping him with the language. They're helping Let's, him, like, have a place to live. They're helping yeah. him have a job, you know, have, like, a cover for, for modern-day life. But they're not helping him with his speech? It's like, like okay. Especially Kendall. I feel yeah, like I was going to say, this is like more, Chase like, incriminating on Kendall than it is on Chase. Yeah, Chase I feel is like all the about, fact like, that Coda can speak any English is probably due to Chase. Like, we, we probably owe that to Chase, you know? <laughs> like, you feel like uh, Coda's first words probably revolved around, like, hot girls or something like that, you know? <laughs> Chase, is, <laughs> Chase is just taking him out to, like, Babe Watch or something, you know? <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, Chase just has that vibe of, like, he would just be so desperate to have a bro that he would literally teach that bro English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely it's definitely uh definitely possible. Definitely within the realm of possibility. And Kendall's just going, I'm too busy for this shit. Yeah. I don't know. It's all weird. Yeah, it's um, kind of crazy because Chase was the first ranger, the first Dino Charge ranger that we know of. Because in this case, or sorry, we don't know that yet. Whoops. Because in this case, uh, Chase, it's kind of revealed to us that Chase and Coda were the first like Dino Charge rangers before Tyler and Shelby and, right. and Riley. So like, you got to think that like Kendall has to be the one to like, be like, okay, this is how this works. How do I how do I explain this to a caveman? And yet he's still struggling so bad. The reason why we're going over this now is because this is just a problem that continues to the rest of the season. Yeah, it, it really starts to be super noticeable here, like I said, because again, we get this glimpse in Dakota's backstory. And there's just some kind of awkward scenes where the the again the broken english and everything is just a little too much as he's like sort of trying to explain himself um and so yeah you're gonna notice it first here but you're gonna notice it more later maybe <laughs> too um so uh most of this episode really revolves around um outside of coda's backstory really just revolves around tyler and chase kind of having a disagreement about whether the team should split up or stick together. Um, and Tyler feels like, you know, he should go off on, like, a solo mission and the rest of the team should do something else, basically, to, like, kind of divide and conquer. 
uh, and figure out what the enemy is up to. And he is kind of right, but he's also kind of wrong. This kind of leads to Tyler and Chase bonding and making up and, you know, each admitting that, like, hey, you know, we were both kind of right and wrong in different ways. We need to listen to each other so we come up with better plans. Yeah, and it was such an adult moment. Like, it was definitely not dumbed down for the kids. It was just like, it was a, re- it felt like a, like a real conversation. You know what I'm saying? This was where not Samurai where it's like, what, whoa, Tyler, you didn't come to the fair with us. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this was, this was a lot more mature. So it's an overall decent episode, but there's not really much to point to in it outside of what we've already talked about they um, they get personal weapons that's the main thing too in terms of like powers and shit they get this upgrade called dino steel which lets them summon armor armor design looks cool as hell their personal weapons are cool as hell i dig the sort of like the personal weapons are stylized after the the dinosaurs that they were part of um red ranger gets the chompers kind of like uh Fuck, I don't know. Opera, I was thinking Operation Overdrive, Yellow, or something shit. Um, I can't remember who had... No, wasn't it an RPM? It was somebody had the bulldozer hand, right? Yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck that's about, but I guess it works because Tyler's just like, fuck it. <laughs> I'll make it work somehow. And the suit actor this season for Tyler is also really good. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I they thought get a couple we, Zords, too. They, they start stacking up Zords. That's going to be a thing that's happening a little bit. Um, engage <laughs> uh, I like how the subtitles have... say uh, I like how the subtitles say mecha voice and then it says dino charger engage and shit like this okay I know mega force the super mega force was like go say great blah 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 whatever but this one it's like short sweet to the point and kind of fun yeah uh, it works. It's a fine episode overall. Um, it's actually, it's not even one of the like mid ones necessarily. It just wasn't the best. Um, next up is Return of the Caveman. We kind of already went over this by the We kind of already episode. went over where this is going. Like once again, we reiterate a little bit more of Coda's backstory, but we still don't really get all of it. This is very frustrating. <laughs> it's not enough to chew on. Yeah, it's like... They're giving you a little more, but, like, not that much more. I don't know. Um, it kind of feels like when you play, like, the demo of a video game, and you're like, yeah, that seems tight. And then you try the full version, and it's, like, 20 minutes longer than the demo. You're like, what? What's happening? Yeah, this episode's problematic. I mean, this is the one where it talks about, like, the little brother and shit. But uh, this one is a little problematic just because, like... Coda has to act like a caveman because he's scared of the dino cycles. But it's like, homie, you've been living in the modern day for how long? Months. Years. At maybe. least, right? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I don't no, know. No, it doesn't. It's um, still a fine episode, though. It's good. It's like, this is, we're mostly, what? we're most like, it's not bad like they're not bad episodes they're just like it's all right only it's like a six i don't know somewhere along there what what elevates this episode is that uh basically there's a bunch of 
Coda and Chase bonding. Coda overcomes his fears. He saves this child who, who, like, breaks his leg when he gets attacked by a monster, which is actually, like, that's an unusually high-stakes consequence for the Power Rangers. Like, yeah. there's a monster attack, and a child, an innocent child gets his leg broken in the attack. Oh, you know it's over. That monster's that's, dead. That's wild. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, we don't usually see a lot of, like, it, we always joke about, yeah, like, probably 50 people died in that building that just fell down. But the Power Rangers never really shows you much of that collateral damage, so it was interesting in this episode to see it. Right. Um, and uh, Coda is able to use, like, his skills and experience to, like, navigate out of this cave and save the child. Chase is able to like get Coda to overcome some of his fears around technology, and Chase is basically like, "I can teach you to ride anything. These motorcycles ain't gonna be no thing. Just give it time, you know." Yeah, honestly, um, the worst part about this episode was just like the lack of more Coda backstory. They, you really they needed kept to expecting while Coda's in the cave with the child, like carrying this kid around. You really kept expecting like a significant backstory flashback about his little brother to appear at any moment and it just doesn't <laughs> yeah the next episode is called breaking black what a name <laughs> this one goes over chase's past <laughs> this is an interesting episode uh this is like a chase centric episode chase kind of has untreated adhd Sometimes it makes him a little annoying for the other Power Rangers, all of whom are a little bit more neurotypical in that regard. So everybody's kind of like, Chase, you're always forgetting things and goofing off. And Chase is like, damn. But. <laughs> yeah, he's too busy paying attention to girls at the cafe. And uh, Chase has a friend who is a Maori fortune teller. And who comes in and is like, Chase, I need you to do a special job for me. I need you to guard something because I had a like an evil premonition. And Chase is like, yeah, totally, I'll do it. But of course, he messes up because, again, Chase has attention deficit disorder that has never been diagnosed. Um, he falls asleep on the job, man. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I would be like filled with anxiety if you told me to guard a shop and you were like having a vision that it was going to get robbed. I would have been like, mm. Chase had a really calm childhood and doesn't have anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because of this episode. Like, that's just the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, a monster comes in and steals the item. And it's like, it's a thing that can mind control people and turn people against their friends kind of thing. Uh, which, by the way... I'll go ahead and point this out now. You'll be noticing me talk about mind control plots a little too much. And that is a slight flaw of the season. It's not a major thing, but it does feel worth addressing because Power Rangers has a laziness with certain kinds of monster plots. And God, you could feel it occasionally this season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm more neutral on it. Uh, I've said it before that I'm going to give like negative points and stuff like that, but I think this season is vastly better written 
than a lot of the other seasons that we've watched where they try to spin like villains of the week who do mind control shit. Um so I'm I'm more neutral this time around. Catch catch me on a different day. I might think differently, but tonight I'm feeling neutral. It's not a huge deal, but it did make me miss some of the slightly more whimsical Megaforce villains. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think the thing is is that the, the Ranger stuff, the slice of life Ranger stuff I think was was well done. Yeah. Um, and like the whole point of this episode is like yeah, Chase's untreated ADHD causes the causes the uh the Rangers to like get fucked up by the villain of the week called Spellbinder. And Chase Chase realizes that he's like he's best focused when on a skateboard. Even when the monster hits him with the spell, if he gets on the skateboard, he breaks out of it. Yeah. Um so that's honestly like, yeah, this episode kind of ends on a good note, even though it's a little bit sloppy in some of its execution, like because everyone kind of realizes that like Chase is a valuable member of the team, even if he's different. Um, and also like they all kind of help Chase to better cope with his untreated ADHD by helping him realize that like. If you can't focus at all, just get on the skateboard for a minute. Clear your head. Yeah. This episode introduces the Dino Spike, uh, which kind of allows, like, all of the Energems to be put into, like, a weapon of sorts combined. This is a fucking toy commercial. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I genuinely don't have a problem when it comes to, like, them using their weapons and shit. But it's in high... De this is the first, like, really high-definition season. First of all, because too many people hated Megaforce and Super Megaforce, so it's really hard to find, like, good-quality episodes of that. But also, like, there's close-up shots, like, insanely close-up shots of the, of the fucking morphers, the, the weapons that they use and everything. Like, you can hardcore see the detail in the molds and everything and you're just like yeah i want that toy <laughs> and and this one uh you really could tell you're like wow that's that's high definition in my face for sure uh, i'm over here watching this on my blown up tv and i'm able to like make out the details of everything and i'm like yeah i kind of want that yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so basically, uh, oh, one final note about this episode is it does end with a really funny moment where Coda tricks Chase into doing the mopping for him. <laughs> yeah. Because Chase is all like hyper-motivated and like feeling good and wanting to prove himself to everybody. And then uh, I forget, I think it's like Shelby looks at the schedule and is like, Coda, it's your turn to to do the mopping and Coda's like he should have paid attention to the schedule I don't know what to say yeah <laughs> it's fucking it's great because this is one of this is one of the other issues with the last two episodes which even though they were largely focused on Coda did not do a great job to develop him we didn't get to see this side of Coda until now and this is actually an important part of his character Coda is a is a trickster yeah he's a prankster yeah <laughs> it's it's almost like he knows how to shitpost kind of 
<laughs> Coda is like a shit poster in a weird way. Yeah. This um, next episode is gay as hell. The tooth hurts. Uh, this is the Chase and Riley episode. Typically, when people talk about Chase and Riley's relationship, they refer to this episode as a big one. They bicker like like a like a long term relationship couple in this one. And really, the only explanation is that they're in love with each other. Like there, there's no, this there's is no, no like explanation for this. Yeah, there, there's no like, oh, they're friends and they're just friends who like are fighting for the day or whatever. But they'll make nah, nah. It's crazy. Absolutely, they're in a relationship together. Yeah. So basically, so, Chase and Riley are both kind of jockish. But they have conflicting philosophies about this. Okay. <laughs> um, the rage. So, so like to do these episodes, I'll Kennedy writes notes on the episodes as well. But like we we do refer to the Ranger Wiki. Even the Ranger Wiki is hella gay about it. The start to this plot. The start to the plot summarization goes. Chase and Riley have two very different training methods. Riley enjoys a rigid training structure with practice and exercise, while Chase prefers to use his instincts. <laughs> pretty accurate. Um, Riley has this thing he does where he like does sword practice, kind of, but with like a a machine that shoots tennis balls at you, and like. He has this very rigorous practice that he's doing all the time because he wants to improve. And Chase is like the exact opposite. But they're both like fit and jockish and gay. So clearly they have some things in common. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, also, this, this episode, this is another reason why this episode is really gay the monster plot in this episode revolves around like wedding shit and cakes it's a cavity monster yeah you eat a cake and then your your tooth hurts so bad oh god no <laughs> I, I i think monsters like this are fun actually so i <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah i agree the silly uh, monsters when especially when they play it up right versus just being like we're gonna take a week off uh, it's, it's pretty great, honestly. Riley and Chase kind of end up being the only people that don't eat the cake. And so they're kind of in charge of solving the mystery to some extent. And they're just fighting so much, so much more than friends fight. Like, this is like 20 minutes of a couple arguing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you do not fight with a friend for hours just bickering right like that's weird <laughs> yeah anyway chase and riley are able to kind of solve the problem together they get the zords out and shit at this point there there was one really interesting line gay. really yeah gay. yeah because like, around the time that they start to, like, work together and stop fighting and solve the problem, they start touching each other. 
They start getting like, physical, calling each other nicknames. Riley keeps hot Riley calls Chase hot shot like three times in this episode, which is just weird. That's yeah, just hot weird. shot. <laughs> no other time. No other time. Not only that, but like Keeper, I think it's Keeper, has a uh, conversation with Riley and is and and Riley's just like yeah we're not doing so well today because i was so worried about what chase would think of me and all this other stuff and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> also there's, there's like no a other way of reading the situation Riley are getting in the zord that can only be interpreted as a sexual metaphor yeah <laughs> um now all of this now you might say this doesn't sound gay enough yet i don't know if i believe you well the end of the episode the end of the episode is unbelievably gay yeah <laughs> this this ending tops silver and red running off together in megaforce <laughs> like this is so much gayer so riley and chase decide they're gonna train together uh now that they ha respect each other and this scene where they're getting ready to like start their run or whatever is fucking insane um first of all a lot of touching so much touching <laughs> like like, these two touch more in this scene than some of our, like, supposed, we're supposed to actually believe that they're interested in each other romantic love interests from the Disney era. Yeah, the, there's, like, the, di the dialogue, the, the actions on screen, there's no, there's no other read you can get from this. There's no other read that makes any fucking sense at all. They're this holding episode each other doesn't make fucking sense without being, like, Okay, they're gay. Like it's, it's like there's you no. Really, you can't. You can't. You can't. Um, so uh, they're like holding each other close and like talking about how much they admire each other. And then there's a really intense part where uh, Chase puts his headphones in and Riley doesn't realize it, and Riley all but confesses his feelings. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like. You know, Chase, when I first met you, I didn't know what to think, but I've come to realize that you're the most important person I've ever met, possibly, or something. Like, you're just like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Chase didn't hear him because he had his headphones in. And so Riley is like, oh, well, hee <laughs> hee. It's like an anime, so I'll just save that for later. You know? Yeah. Like, and you're just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Um, and then the rest of the team shows up to exercise with them. So it's like, clearly Riley and Chase were like, yeah, let's get there 30 minutes early, babe, and just have a little us time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to meet at, at 530 instead of five today. <laughs> we'll take a shower together <laughs> oh, 
unbelievable. Truly, episode. like if there's an episode of Dino Charge that you should watch, this is one of them. I know we didn't include it in our best, but this is like a. It's mostly because like the villain of the week is kind of whatever, um, and it it does uh, Sledge's like fiance Poissandra um, was played kind of a big part. She was just like, listen. I want to get married now. I don't want to have to wait for these Energems. Let's start, like, thinking about the marriage. And so they do this, like, chef monster that makes, like, the, the cavity yeah, monsters and stuff like that. Yeah. Fury gets shitted on this episode. Uh, and you're just kind of <laughs> like, this is, the, this is the, the guy that made your father missing, Tyler? Come on. Get it together. <laughs> Let's talk about Fury for a second before we move on. Because that's crucial to this season review. Fury is a fucking absolute the most let down ass villain maybe ever. <laughs> Fury is like Goldar, right? But worse. But remember how Goldar would occasionally like like remember Goldar had like the dark dimension and he would like take you there and have a sword fight with you and like the Power Rangers thought they were going to die sometimes when he would do that shit to them, you know? Yeah. Like like Fury never does anything that cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fury's like, too much of a brute. Just imagine all the episodes where Goldar gets shitted on, and that's all Fury gets. Period. Yeah. This season. Yeah. Wink. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink, wink maybe. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, Fury is really played up and really hyped up in the intro. And then by now, as you're getting a few episodes in, you're just like, Fury seems like a fucking chump. And you yeah. know what? You're not going to feel differently at the end of this season. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Like, he just gets owned all the time. <sighs> yeah, Fury doesn't really have a good plot this season. Other than getting shitted on for not finding an Energem in 65 million years. Which, to be fair, how did you not find an Energem in 65 million years? For real. Like, Fury just roamed the Earth for 65 million years, as far as we know. We see no evidence to the contrary of this. Yeah. The, the next episode is Let Sleeping Zords Lie. This is the Shelby episode. So, let's talk about Shelby. Yeah. I don't want to completely spoil our Ranger rankings entirely, but... We do need to at least go ahead and address right now that Shelby has been getting some shitty treatment in this show so far. Yeah, up to this point, like, we mentioned there's some low-key racism in the intro. Not even really low-key. It's very high-key, actually. What's interesting is the show is somewhat aware of it because Tyler makes a point to call out how smart Shelby is, and she is, on a regular basis. So it yeah. actually almost feels kind of intentional, like Kendall is just being racist. And Tyler, who is also not white, is like, yeah, fuck off, lady. <laughs> yeah. This is like the Shelby redemption episode. She's not a fucking idiot. Even it's though she kind of never really too, was. But they kind of flub it. <laughs> Yeah, they don't really stick to landing here, but it's pretty good. <clears throat> Basically, like, it all starts with the Rangers are at a dig site, and they're kind of looking for Energems, except for Shelby, 
is not digging and is instead kind of studying maps and thinking and making notes and the rest of the team is like shelby what are you doing like the rest of us are are fucking working you're just sitting here and shelby's like wait 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 no check it out i think we could track the inner gems i don't think we have to do this hunting in the dark shit and so then that leads to shelby and kendall kind of having some interesting interactions because at first when shelby proposes the idea of this inner gem tracker uh kendall's kind of like racist and dismissive (laughs) But then uh, Shelby kind of stands up for herself. And Kendall has a sort of moment of reflection and realization and says, you know what? I haven't always been taken seriously enough either. In my life, I I shouldn't treat you this way. They work together, and sure enough, they create a freaking working Energem tracker. Yeah. Like, with Shelby's dinosaur knowledge because she's a dino girl and kendall's technological prowess they were able to come up with this tracker that's just like super helpful and it kind of makes you think like kendall you're the fucking owner like you're the maintainer of this museum how the fuck did you not do this so clearly shelby is knowledgeable yeah shelby was able to think of an idea that kendall could not or did not think of uh, it kind of works, but there's an issue that basically allows the enemy to also detect what they're detecting. Kendall's because, fault on this one. Because Kendall fucked up. Yep. So Kendall didn't so encrypt only, your channels. Not only did Shelby come up with this idea for this invention on her own, but Kendall ultimately is the one that messes it up. So it kind of... That especially, like, they're already kind of seeing eye to eye, but then once Kendall is the one that fucks up, like, Kendall really realizes, like, God damn, I have been too hard on Shelby. Yeah. And has, I... like, a real moment of reflection. And all of this is pretty much working. It's the landing at the very end here that's going to fail us, which is <laughs> sad but true. <laughs> Yo, why they do her like this? So... I just real quick before we get to the end end of the episode, uh, I actually kind of like the villain in this episode. It's called Stingrage. Decent enough name, decent enough design. Stings people, they go into Berserker Rage. I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty fun. It was nice. It's a mind control element, but it's like of a. It's playing up a certain emotion, and I think like. When we go back to like MMPR style episodes and stuff, yeah, there's a lot of mind control, but the best ones typically heighten evils of humanity, right? Whether that's like being overly rageful and and all this other stuff. Um, shit, stop, stop the hate master or whatever. That one was like our favorite episode from season two, I believe, or one. I think two. it was two. Yeah, season two, like. When they do shit like that, typically, I think they do a great job with it. And in this one, it, it kind of shows. Um, however, the last scene is uh, they get back to the cafe, and Shelby is given a gift by Kendall. Well, it's not a gift. It's just, it's just Kendall has received this for the museum, basically. Like, this fossil. And they're all looking at it. Yeah. And it's they're like, it's a Triceratops fossil. And then Shelby's like, this is like Triceratops dung. 
and gets grossed out. And then and the episode ends. It, it shatters it. And it's just like, and then everyone's like, oh, Shelby, you're such a knucklehead. And it's like, this whole episode was about how she's smart. What are you doing? Yeah. Why? Um, Why? Just cut it out. Cut that shit out. You take this scene out, and this could have been like a contender for best episode almost. Like it was up there. It was good. But yeah. you, you add this scene on, this episode is very mid. Shitting uh, on white women girl bosses, absolutely awesome, especially in the year of 2015. Uh, and mm -hmm. then it just like, there was like, nope, just pull the rug at the last Sting minute. Stingrage, such a good villain. He's going to come back later. Yeah. <laughs> later, later, not in this episode that we're recording, but. Yeah. Like, but, that's how yeah. good Stingrage was. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. This is like, this is some shit. I, I really didn't, no, no pun intended. I, I really didn't understand why the writers did that uh other it than felt just like mystic force shit yeah with like the girl that they would just shit on in mystic force yeah but the difference is is that shelby's a fucking ranger and smart and competent and like one of the best rangers this season fuck you yeah there was no need <laughs> and she's a based anti-capitalist yes uh next episode is called Double Ranger Double Danger. This is the start of the Terra Charger uh arc. So basically there's the Terra Zord, which is Terra's Pterodactyl Zord. Um and this whole arc revolves around basically Fury keeps beating them to elements of the equation here. And it seems like Fury is going to get control of the Terrazord before they do. And that's like the main kind of uh, arc of this four episode saga. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so it starts with this one. Um, basically, the enemy is trying to steal the Energem scanner. And. They basically ultimately succeed, but uh, they only get to possess it for a short time, and then the rangers destroy it rather than let the enemy have it. Yes. Um, this episode has a lot to do with Fury and Tyler. Um, this is so previous to this, Tyler has had this drawing of Fury and like. He's been a, that his dad made, and he's been able to slowly confirm that like his dad must have encountered Fury. So finally, now Fury and Tyler have like a showdown moment where they're able to like talk about this a little bit. And Fury hints at what might have happened to Tyler's dad, but doesn't say exactly what. Um, and uh, also, this is the first time we see this spirit try to escape from Fury. And Tyler starts to wonder, not so much now, but a little bit even now, but more so later, is that spirit my dad? Um, because clearly, like, Fury has this, like, spirit of, like, another person or something trapped inside him that he's, like, draining for power periodically or something like that. I'm gonna keep it real. This would have been way more pog if they didn't shit on Fury for seven episodes. Yeah, Fury already seems like a chump before this. So, 
it's hard to get as hyped up as we should be, but it still kind of works. It's but at the end of this arc, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so next episode is when logic fails. This basically continues the Terrazord stuff. You know, Fury's getting access to these things. He's going to find that Energem, maybe. They got to fight a really interesting monster of the week this week called Puzzler. And Puzzler is straight up going to kill the Rangers. Yeah. He's not messing around. <laughs> like, yeah, Puzzler wants to drop some bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so Puzzler basically has this ability to turn places into, like, confusing, fucked-up death labyrinths. And so he lures the rangers into a building. Uh, what else am I supposed to call? I don't know what to call it. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> um, so he lures the rangers into this building, and then they can't escape from the building, and they can't find each other, and the building starts to get cold, like, cold enough to kill them, and, like, shit starts to get crazy, basically. But it's Riley who figures it out first, right? Yeah, Riley figures out that although the the monster can manipulate some things, that like there's kind of like a way out of the puzzle. And so he figures out that the vents can get him out. And then he goes up and finds Puzzler. And Puzzler is basically like, I'm the games guy. If you want to save your friends, you got to play a game with me. Riley's like, okay. And so they play like 7D chess, basically. But the whole time, Riley is actually playing 8D chess because he's not playing at all. What he's actually doing is throwing game pieces down the different vents periodically uh, while the monster is distracted so that the other rangers will realize that they can escape through the vents. Puzzler at the end of his game is like, ha ha, I beat you. And Riley's like, no, I beat you. And then the other rangers show up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fun villain of the week. Um, but that's really yeah. mostly what the episode is other than like, it's a little bit of character development for Riley. It's a little more progress with the Terrazord. It's almost kind of filler, but like there's, you can't really quite cut anything from this Terrazord arc. So it's like, eh. Whatever, it's fun. Yeah. The next episode is the Royal Rangers. That was in our best of. Check out the best of episode if you want to know more about that plot. Um, I'm just going to reiterate, incredible episode, and also Shelby goes on an anti-capitalist rant, so. Not going to be the last time. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll just say that. Shelby is definitely the, uh, I won't talk about politics two drinks later, friend. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Breakout, which is the one after that. That's when the Gold Ranger comes into play. It marks the first appearance of Prince Philip, which I think we also did this in the best of, too, right? Yeah, 10, 11, 12 are just triple hat bangers. Yeah, um, all great episodes. Um, yeah, but just to quickly summarize, uh, we get introduced to the Gold Ranger. The Gold Ranger was the one that could... Uh, he's a knight. Fuck, yeah. what is his name? Sir Ivan? Sir Ivan. Yeah. Yeah. You get introduced to Sir Ivan, who is uh, a knight who is protecting the Prince of Xandar at the time, which is a 
island nation state that's about four hours away from Amber Beach we that nobody cares about. We this a little bit in the best episode. I've given it a little more thought, and I just kind of want to reiterate what we think we know about Xandar. Xandar is an independent country. Is it like Spain? No, that's not an accurate. That's uh, not accurate saying. It's it's weird, man. Xandar uh, has to be an independent country. It also has to exist somewhere within like a four to eight hour drive of Amber Beach. It also uh, has a constitutional monarchy, and it existed. Pre-Columbus, but it's white people. Leif Erikson traveled. What if Leif Erikson went uh, to the to the United States West Coast? Very interesting play-by-play here. We also get introduced to Prince Philip, who will come up later on. Um, Prince Philip, kind of a dick. He's an asshole. He's just like a fucking spoiled rich kid um, who thinks he... He deserves everything and all this other stuff. And then it's just, he eats shit at one point. He's like, you know what? I don't want to be in the action. I don't want to risk my life for this. You you do this, Sir Ivan. You be the gold ranger, not me. Let's go. <laughs> uh, night after nights is Sir Ivan joining the team. Finally, after being skeptical, has an, an incredible episode. If you are ever, If you were ever a fan of Power Rangers, you owe it to yourself to watch Night After Nights. Yeah, very funny episode. Yeah. Uh, generally good. Fury, once again, getting shitted on. So at this point now, just to be clear, because uh, we are kind of glossing over these episodes that we've already talked about. So the Terra Charger, epi- or Terra Charger arc ends, or sorry, the Terra Zord arc all ends with Fury just getting fucking dunked. Like, Fury does not even get to control that Zord for, like, one episode of, like, fucking around. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, Goldar would have at least gotten one episode with the Zord and be like, <laughs> Rangers! I have the Zord! And, like, just, like, done crazy shit for, like, a whole episode and blown up buildings and stuff. And then the Rangers would have defeated him and Goldar would have been like, No! But he still would have had the, the joy ride. Yeah. Fury does not get a joyride. <laughs> yeah. Like, not really. He does technically get to be in the Zord for like a second. But Yeah, it's not as it's not as amazing as we've seen it in previous seasons where the villain gets like a, a ranger power for a short bit, you know? Yeah. Um, bit of a like letdown. That. Um so Fury at this point, Fury seeming extremely whack. <laughs> Yeah. Just so we are measuring where Fury is at. And then um, Night After Night's just completely shitted on Fury. Totally. Because they took out his backbone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so next up is episode 13, Sink or Swim, which is filler. Uh, Tyler and Ivan basically... Who's the real leader stuff? It's nothing interesting. Doesn't matter at all. Tyler Doesn't and Ivan... Tyler and Ivan are fine, but they don't really have that much of a... A big friendship to speak of after that. They're just like, yeah, we're 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 partners, you know, we're we're fucking we're chill. We're yeah, Rangers. We're Whatever. Yeah, we're homies. Yeah. Tyler is way more focused on Shelby. Um yeah. 
So yeah, sink or swim, filler. So it was actually episode 13, not 14, because episode 14 is True Black. Finally, a great episode focusing on Chase. Yeah, a good episode for Chase. This is a uh, can you handle the the power kind of episode. Um, yeah, can you handle the Dino Armor X power to beat the villain this week? Yeah, and so Chase Chase's new armor has this ability to like dig through all kinds of stuff and bust through things like crazy. But also, it's it's one of these things where it's like it's this new incredible power that's really hard to use. And like a lot of things in Power Rangers, your heart kind of has to be in the right place to use something like this. And that's really the issue here because really what's going on in this episode is that Shelby loves this New Zealand pop band and Chase keeps making fun of her for it. Because he's like, ah, back where I come from, everybody listens to those guys. That's dork shit, you know? Um, yeah. But he goes a little too hard. Basically, he's unable to use the power that he needs to use to save his friends who are trapped under, like, this massive ton of stone by this monster in this little cave, and they're running out of air. Um, because he was being so much of a dick before, and now he's, like, doubting his own morals and stuff am i really a good person yeah which is a valid question to ask about chase because chase is a pretty narcissistic asshole chase like outside of his moments that are not so great chase is only a good person to riley <laughs> so yeah this is all like this is a little complex a little complex um so chase has this realization that he was too much of a jerk and he saves his friends, and he apologizes to Shelby. She even tries to be like, Chase, it's not a big deal. Like, it's, you know, you were just teasing me. And he's like, no. It was a big deal. And I'm Fuck sorry. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a very important lesson. Yeah. You know? Um, also, this is a pretty New Zealand episode. Uh, Shelby really likes this New Zealand band called the NZ Boys. And yeah. that's what, like... She's getting made fun of for, and he's like, I'm a New Zealander. I know these people since they were like indie before they signed the record label. Um, so then the episode ends with all of the Rangers are calling into a radio station trying to get concert tickets to see them. Uh, and none of them get the tickets. But then Chase comes in the room. He was the fifth caller. <laughs> And then Kendall gives the Rangers the night off. Yep. Great stuff. Good job, Kendall. Yeah, actually being a decent boss. The next one is Rise of a Ranger. This is a fucking anti-capitalist episode if I've ever fucking seen one. Holy shit. Complex. Like, this was almost a contender for best just because it's so crazy, but also you need all the context. Yeah. So you know by now, if you're listening to this part of the podcast, that Prince Philip's an asshole. Like, I mentioned him before. He's just a rich asshole kid who thinks that he can fucking buy his way out of anything. Not really, doesn't, isn't really courageous or anything. You kind of think, like, as a human actor, that he's not going to come back. Like, he was only there for, like, that episode, and that was it. Turns out... 
Prince Philip finds an Energem. Well, so flashback, first of all. Okay. To uh, one of the episodes we glossed over from the, the triple hat of bests. Um, so uh, Prince Philip, you know, goes through a bit of a transformation in that episode as he realizes that, like, Maybe he's important, but maybe there are things more important than him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, at the end of that episode, uh, he hands the gold Energem over to Sir Ivan, even though Sir Ivan offers it to him. And he's like, well, it rightfully belongs to the Prince of Xandar. And he's like, no, you should have it, Sir Ivan, clearly. And it's like clearly a moment of growth for him to some extent. But then also, <laughs> as we get here, it's clear that Prince Philip has thought about nothing but that moment <laughs> since then. Yeah, I guess like my, my take on that episode, though, is that Prince Philip was just like a scaredy cat. Like he doesn't have the courage to like be in a fight or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Because the minute his life was threatened... He was out of there. He was like, I'm fucking going in the, the limo and I'm out. No, but he also, he had a chance to like run away more and he doesn't. And I, there's, I don't know. There's a little bit of like, he does grow a little bit in that episode. So now Prince Philip is back in Xandar, in his mansion, a facility that's been digging up fossils on his behalf, finds an inner gem and brings it to him. Uh, and also, Prince Philip is training with a robot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, Prince Philip desperately wants to become a ranger and bond with the Energem. At the same time, Chase's family is visiting. And there's some stuff going on with that and how he wants to spend time with his family, but he has to keep being a ranger. That stuff's kind of mid, to be honest. Yeah, and, it's mostly uh, just Chase being like, I miss New Zealand, even though this show is filmed in New Zealand. It feels <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it kind of breaks the fourth wall a little bit. A little too hard. Yeah. Um, um so Philip um he tries training harder. He speaks with Coda. Um and he asks Coda, like, why did why did do Energems choose people? Basically. And he only respects Coda. Like initially, <laughs> Coda is like the main ranger that he respects more than anybody. And it's because Coda saved his life, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like interesting development for Coda as well in this case, because you don't really see Coda as like going into instructor mode that much. But when he does, he does a pretty bang. He does a pretty good job at it. Coda's just like, what? What's the line? Uh, a rich person can't. <laughs> it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. That's the vibe. Yeah, Coda goes all biblical on Prince Philip's ass. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, um, Prince Philip does some praxis. Yeah. So Prince Philip decides, okay. Let me do a bunch of good deeds. So he donates to shit all over town. He donates to the museum. He donates to fix the roads. He donates to families you know, in need. Families in need. He opens a park. But the Energem still isn't bonding with him. 
and then he donates even more of his money. <laughs> yeah, he gives away tons of fucking money. To the point where he's just like, I don't know if I can donate anymore because legitimately, like, my whole lifestyle would have to change significantly. Yeah, like, my, my financial advisors are starting to be like, hey. <laughs> but he's also <laughs> a prince. So, like, if you have, like, $80 million or something like that and you donated, like, fucking 50 million of it that's still and you're you're putting it to good fucking causes mind you like actually good fucking causes like he still was going all out for that it was great and she, he was like i don't know why i'm not bonding to this energem and then i think one of his like maids or something was that was like well you might not be bonding to the energem but look at all the thank you letters you got and she just like gets like a fucking big ass bag filled with thank you letters from from all these people that he's helped with his wealth in the mail and she dumps it all over his desk and he's like oh my god you know it's kind of it's like a moment of realization where it's like money isn't everything yeah he hasn't bonded with the energem yet but he's changing this whole episode he's just like he's growing a lot yeah um uh so finally philip is just like well i don't think i'm gonna bond with the energem and he gives it to the power rangers and he says you know i found this and i to be honest i did kind of hope maybe i would bond with it but i didn't and you should find someone worthy he hands it over imagine right yeah like he knows what power rangers are capable of like that's like power that you can't replicate with your money <laughs> at all at least not feasibly like that right so it's just like him giving it up was a huge moment of strength yeah it was kind of impressive so uh of course not that long after that the rangers are attacked Things get hectic, and Philip like realizes that like I think it's Chase's little sister is about to be hurt or something like that, and he decides to like intervene to prevent her from being hurt, and it's at that moment that the Energem finally chooses him, and he becomes the Graphite Ranger, uh, and with an extra Ranger by their side, they just bust Fury's fucking ass again, just fucking destroy him it's not even a fair fight yeah also the graphite ranger pretty cool and then you realize mm. at the end of this episode he's batman <laughs> like he he just starts acting like i'm bruce wayne i'm the bruce wayne of the the power rangers universe and this is how i how i act and he he tells them he's just like listen i'm the prince of xandar it's about four hours away. This is going to take me a bit to help y'all. But if you let me know ahead of time, I could probably, you know, squeeze in to try and help y'all if you're ever that desperate in need. Um, and to which I say, it's because this ranger wasn't featured in a bunch of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I don't mind that. Um, my thing about it is like, it's it's very much like it's obvious. Like the Batman play, the Batman plays that he starts making is pretty obvious. It's very on the nose. 
but he's like more I'm based okay with it because they're doing it in just like a fun cheeky way without overplaying it well yeah right like first of all power rangers aren't like a superhero in a sense that like they work with the police they don't and they just do whatever the fuck they want when they obviously there's a morality meter that goes with the the whole being chosen as a ranger right but like they don't fuck with the police so like this is way better uh when you put it into that context because he's not like well i'm just gonna allow the criminal justice system to fix these problems <laughs> but yeah no nah, the end is still very much like yes i'm i am the batman call me call me when do, do the bat signal i'll be there in a couple hours <laughs> <laughs> if it's really urgent i'll get in the helicopter it's a little faster <laughs> graphite ranger design is pretty cool though yeah. they're really stretching the color name the color scheme though um next up is uh no matter how you slice it probably one of the more mid episodes in some ways it's 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 another the enemy's turning your friends against this see up till now i've been like yeah these episodes are pretty forgivable even if it's a little repetitious this is around the time i was like too much too much like we've done the your friends are turning against you so many times this season already and now we're gonna have another whole episode completely dedicated to it it's almost filler <laughs> <clears throat> but not quite because uh, it does feature important character development for Riley and even more so Coda. Yeah. Especially this is like the episode where Coda kind of like he's, he's starting out like kind of missing his family. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, you're my family now kind of stuff. Yeah. Which becomes a theme that Coda doesn't just like say this one time. Like, Coda starts to like reiterate this a lot and be like that like team building person more so. Yeah. Coda and Riley's uh friendship kind of like really bonds after mm -hmm. this. Like like their their friendship together um I think lasts after this. Like it's it gets more of an on-screen presence. Yeah. And there's a little bit of good character development for Riley because it's his birthday and he's like a little awkward about it and Riley just needs to open up a little bit more to his team. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's one of his character flaws, and, and uh, this is an episode addressing that, and it's, it, that part of it's fine, too. But nothing exceptional here, really. Again, if you've seen an episode where all the rangers are angry at each other and being shitty to each other because of a monster spell, you know what happens in this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> Next up is uh, World Famous in New Zealand, which, of course, we covered <clears throat> in the best and worst well, just best, but out of habit, I said the usual name. <laughs> <clears throat> we won't go way back over that, but yeah, they get the purple inner gem. They meet Albert Smith. They go to New Zealand. Right. They time. go to New Zealand. They yep. go to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go uh, film, film by the uh, whatever the fuck restaurant that we go to every Friday after work. How about we do an episode over there? <laughs> yeah. And so this kind of leads us towards kind of our finale. The last three episodes kind of fit together somewhat. So basically, these three episodes kind of bring us into the end, starting with Deep Down Under, the 18th episode. 
this kind of kicks we haven't talked about the villains too much because a lot of their plots are simple it's not always a bad thing but it's just like we got to fight the power rangers and get inner gems and stuff okay in this episode though we kind of kick off with like things are getting more serious back at the ship because you know the villains have been getting owned a lot and sledge is upset now and fury wants to like keep trying to like get a Zord or something. It's just a mess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Poissandra's getting impatient with Sledge because she's like, I want to get married now. And yeah, like, it's, even it's taking you forever to just get one Energem. And I have to wait for you to get all of the Energems. Come on. So Sledge is feeling the heat on his relationship. Tyler and Shelby are feeling the heat in their relationship, but in a different way. <laughs> uh <laughs> we kind of glossed over some of that as the season went on but yeah tyler and shelby the way they start interacting with each other they get a, a bit more intimate on screen and they do yeah um they have this interesting experience in this episode with this guy dr runga who is a uh, paleontologist and uh they all respect him but then when they meet him they find out he's kind of a grifter uh, and he's really obsessed with his own self-image and just, you know, not exactly what they expected. And uh, they're hoping that Dr. Runga can help them. They're still in New Zealand, by the way. Um, <laughs> they're hoping Dr. Runga can help them find uh, the Plesiozord. Uh, but he seems at first kind of unhelpful. And then he goes from unhelpful to actively a problem because... He's interested, once he realizes the Plesiozord is real and these kids aren't crazy, um, he, he wants to, like, take the credit for this big discovery and, you know, make a big deal out of it for him. And Shelby's like, fuck off, stop grifting. Yeah, yeah, Shelby goes real anti-capitalist. She's like, listen, is money all that matters? Or is there perhaps a duty to our comrades that should come first? Yeah. Even when he, like, tries to, like, buy Shelby off, he's like, well, listen, I'll give you half the credit for the discovery. You'll get a bunch of money. Shelby's like, no. You can't buy me. <laughs> yeah, the world is at stake, and we really can't afford to, like, be like, oh, the government now has control of the Plesiozord and shit like that. Yeah. Getting told off by Shelby does have an effect on Dr. Runga. And he eventually kind of, like, decides to help the Rangers. Um, especially, even at, at certain points, like, Fury's even, like, making him offers, you know? So it's, like, it's a whole thing. But he decides to help the Rangers. They get the Plessius charged Megazord. Uh, which they also get the space. purple Energem, but no Ranger. Yeah. So they're able to, like, use the Plessiozord, but not for too long. Cause like the the rain like they can't pi actively pilot the Plesiozord or anything like it it has to like the, it needs the Purple Ranger and yeah so that kind of this is like I would only this is a three episode arc <laughs> like it's not saying it but this is a three episode arc about the Purple Ranger um, because the next one is wishing for a hero and it introduces it introduces the new villain Heckle. Yeah. Heckle's a theater kid. Yeah, Heckle's a steampunk kid. 
steampunk theater kid and uh i like heckle i like heckle a i lot. like him because he's cringe in the right way for a villain like this dude is punchable yes he has a very punchable face he's that actor is doing everything he can to look as punchable as possible in every scene like bravo <laughs> yeah the most important thing about this episode is mostly that we get to meet Heckle for the first time. He's a mysterious stranger who saves Kendall from an accident. But the accident is staged because she's Kendall's trying to find someone worthy of yeah, being this the episode is actually stranger. hilarious because it's like it's actually like a Nathan for you bit or something where they're just like they're pretending like Kendall is about to be killed by a piece of construction equipment and they watch what people do and record it. Yeah, <laughs> Heckle teams up with Sledge for this episode, and Heckle's like, I've got a plan to get that purple Energem from them. And basically, it's to be all heroic and stuff and, um, help, protect, and, and help protect Kendall in the staged accident and stuff, so that way she'd give him the purple Energem. But then the plan goes Ari for Heckle. I mean, he, he asks for money. Don't forget that part. Did Heckle ask for money? Yeah, at first she's like, oh, he's, he, this guy might be the, the ranger we've been looking for. He's, he could be the hero. And then he's like, yeah, I was hoping for money. <laughs> and like Chase gives him a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I blocked this out of my memory. Yeah, I mean, sure. I think the thing is, is that once shit started going down, down with like the rangers being morphed and shit, Heckle just like fucking peace the fuck out. Mostly because he has his own shit that he's trying to do. He's a schemer. Yeah. Or wait, I, maybe it's not Heckle that asks for the money. I can't remember now, but they... He is weird about it somehow. I can't remember exactly who does what, but... Yeah. I think it was the fact that... Uh, it was the fact that Heckle, uh, like, bounced. Once, like, shit actually started going down for the Rangers and stuff, and it was no longer, like, a staged accident thing, he was just like, all right, I'm out. I can't remember anymore. We watched these episodes too long ago. Uh <laughs> Sledge, Sledge's partnership with he Heckle is a bit dubious to begin with because Heckle is known to have destroyed galaxies. Yeah, Heckle's supposed to be super freaking dangerous. Um, and Sledge is like, Sledge hasn't really been wary of anyone that he's brought out of a cell up till now. Like, yeah, it, it always just kind of felt like if Sledge had you in a cell, then that meant that Sledge had bested you. And like, you were just going to do what Sledge asked because like he had already kicked your fucking ass. Right. Like, yeah. But with Heckle, it's like, mm. yeah. Heckle, uh, Heckle and Sledge partnership like quickly goes Ari because Heckle, uh, Sledge wanted to use him to get the purple Energem. Um, Heckle is like, fine, let's cut a deal. We'll rule the galaxy together. And Sledge is like, nah, fuck you. And Heckle just fucking uh, fires a lightning blast that releases all the prisoners from their from their cells. And he's like, holy shit, I can't take them all on at once. <laughs> all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'll agree to the deal. I'll agree to the deal. And then the prison cells close back up again. Yeah. They do end up, by the end of this episode, having like a more direct fight because like they both want the power for themselves. And Sledge does best Heckle. 
But Heckle's like, I'll get back at you. You wait and see. Yeah. And also, the most uh, disturbing thing is that Sledge gets an Energem, finally. <laughs> and Sledge is going to use it to make a weapon. Yep. This one in particular, this episode in particular, also features like some really good character development for the Rangers because the villain of the week is Wishstar. I know. Amazing name. Um, and basically, you write your wish on a piece of paper and she makes it come true. But that wish, it's a rabbit's foot. Goes bad. Shelby uh, really wants to go on a date with Tyler. Uh, Tyler wants to see his dad. Um, Coda wants a really good burger. There's a couple other people who wish for stuff. Um, but all of them go bad. We do briefly see Tyler's father for a little bit. Tyler's father runs away in the middle of the date with Shelby and Tyler kind of gives chase and that leads into like, you know, hey, it's a trap, etc. It's very clear, though, by the end of this episode that Shelby Shelby eventually admits to Tyler, I wished for a date. Yeah. So they're, they're finally doing something here. Saban's finally like, all right, take the training wheels off of some of this relationship shit. It doesn't go whole hog where they're like kissing on screen and all this other stuff, but still, it's way more romantic than what we got in uh, Megaforce and Super Megaforce. Yeah. Yeah, it's more believable. At least for the straights. <laughs> <laughs> One more Energem is the final episode. The other half of the two-part. And basically, Sledge has the purple Energem, but like if he really wants to make the weapon that he's planning, he needs two Energems. And at this point, we mentioned Poissandra's getting impatient. She's really impatient now. She's like, you got an Energem. You told me we could get married if you got an Energem. And now you're building a super weapon and talking about more Energems. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what's funny is that like Sledge could have just pieced out, too. Yeah, he could have just taken that Energem and pieced. All right, I'm out. It's too, it's too much work. <laughs> you know, he's a fucking bounty hunter. It, his motivations are a little unclear by this point, I will admit. <laughs> Must confess, no longer really know what Sledge is doing. Could have sold the Energem for a fucking, you know, hefty price or some shit, you know? Why did he even want them so bad? He never really explains. It just seems like he wanted them for power. Yeah. It's a very MMPR style, like overarching villain. Power for power's sake. Because um, he gets into that agreement with Heckle for ruling the universe. So, like, he has like grandiose plans of ruling the universe, but like, dog, you've been losing for like 19 weeks. The time you get a dove, just fucking take it and run. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, everybody shows up, even Prince Philip, because it's serious. Um, oh, by the way, one thing I wanted to quickly address at some point is just that Ivan showing up makes Coda a little better because they actually play the fact that like they're both from the past but in different ways off of each other well. It's noticeable in this episode, but it was also noticeable in some episodes before this. I would say it starts around like maybe episode 16-ish. Yeah, they start they start like joking on each other and shit like that. It's pretty great. Yeah, and it's like 
they have this kind of thing where it's like even though like their experiences were different they can kind of relate to each other a little bit it seems like yeah um anyway uh so things get complicated i would say the middle of this episode is pretty messy but it kind of resolves okay (laughs) it's really where i'm gonna go with this overall like sledge comes down to earth for a bit he steals the red energy oh wait he fights keeper first for a second and keeper just gets skunked like what a loser (laughs) yeah um (laughs) he steals the red energy but he's not able to take any others um, Kendall sneaks aboard his ship and she also brings this robot that's like a Roomba to find Energems. Kendall is sus? Yeah, Kendall's a Mogus, literally. She like puts on this big Mogus suit and pretends to be like a a worker. A <laughs> Kendall's like, I'm doing tasks. Yeah. I was in actually, electrical. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally an Mogus episode. Pre pre Among Us. It's pretty crazy within the the context of like a 2022 lens. Yeah, um, it's very funny. A bunch of the rangers have to fight um, some big monsters. Sledge made a bunch of big monsters, including... I like- remember the problem with this episode. We watched this one together. So the problem with this episode was like keeping track of the locations of everybody and trying to get like... This ranger's over here. This ranger's over there. They have to go over here and then go over there. And it's just like, it gets really messy with like how people are like winding up in different locations and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, also, Kendall gets becomes the purple ranger. Blah, blah, blah. Like, this keepers like more than Prince Philip, actually. Like, Prince Philip was actually pretty decent based in anti-capitalist of an episode when he turned into a ranger. Yeah. Keeper tells Kendall, you always deserve to be a ranger, Kendall. And we're just like, no, you fucking didn't. You what? Did not always deserve to be a ranger. I'm not sure you deserve to be a ranger right now. <laughs> yeah. But as it turns out, like the the firepower and the, the Zord, all that other shit that they get from this is enough to overcome uh sledge's final monsters and stuff and i think it was like sledge's ship gets like fucking gets wrecked and like crashes into the earth killing him yeah and tyler barely survives it's like jojo's bizarre adventure part two shit he's like falling through the sky he's like it's about to get wild he's (laughs) like i'm i'm gonna die i guess um <laughs> and then uh they catch him in his ord. That was like a really cool moment actually. Yeah. Like I as much shit as we gave it at the one watching it about like okay uh Prince Philip go go over there and meet meet us over there. Oh oh shit. Uh uh, uh Kendall. Oh but now Kendall's leaving the ship. She's back. Oh some other rangers are going to go though. <clears throat> yeah, meet us over here and and then oh shit something's going on over there like yeah there's a lot of that shit but i think by the time you get to tyler skydiving off a ship and going it's about to get wild you're like yeah you go tyler let's go and so uh they destroy the big monster sledge is dead and they figure hey we're solid now i will say we talk about this also in the opening but 
They don't secure the ship at all. They don't verify Sledge's death. There's just something unnecessarily sloppy about that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> where you just feel like, okay, well, clearly you're leaving opening for a second season because you didn't, like, double tap. Heckle's cell is now open in the ship. So the ship is, like, heavily damaged or whatever, but it survived the crash. So much so that, like, the prisoners still survived. But Heckle's now open cell has an evil monster coming out of it, declaring it's his turn to take over. And you're like, what? Who is this monster? <laughs> um, uh, well, you'll find out in the next episode of Sentai Truther Club. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, also, the, the Rangers kind of get like relatively sweet endings. This part is pretty good. Like, they don't always handle these season endings well, but this was actually, like, pretty solid. Basically, like, Coda and Ivan and Kendall are going to look for the last two Energems because Coda and Ivan don't really have, like, a regular life to go back to. And so they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's keep doing Power Rangers shit. <clears throat> um, uh, but everybody else is like, yeah, we're going to go back to our regular lives. Cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tyler and Shelby especially kind of run off together yeah <laughs> um and then it's like a summer like, break almost like yeah. Kendall's like, yeah it's summer break go go do your thing yeah, have a go, month go have stuff. four weeks of a uh, paid vacation or some shit <laughs> see you in um, four weeks bye <laughs> yeah um, uh shelby and, uh, explicitly is like i want to go with you tyler yeah and tyler's like all right yeah let's go <laughs> uh, and then mirroring the intro uh, Riley's scooter breaks down again so they pick up Riley um, yeah it's just this is a lot of fun little things going on here it's good it's a good time um, yeah <clears throat> it's a and, decent uh, season finale especially considering that like a lot of Power Rangers seasons don't know how to end, right? <laughs> they really don't. So this is like at least a seven, which is above so many season finales. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is some like issues, like I said, with the locations and shit, but overall, it's pretty decent. I think I'd agree at a seven. Uh, the Sledge and uh, Tyler fight, I know we didn't talk about too much on the ship. That's how the ship gets destroyed. The navigation system and stuff gets destroyed in the fight um, before Tyler like suicide dives out of the ship. <laughs> um that was pretty cool too uh i i i think it's like short though and it's yeah not it's super satisfying considering i don't know there's no like all out fisticuffs that happen um and i think it's also partly to do with the fact that like their morpher is a gun so it's a lot of shooting, right? It's like, why, why yeah. would you do fisticuffs when you have a fucking gun? Why would I punch you when I have a gun? <laughs> right? And the ultimate mission is to destroy, quote unquote, the monster. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun, towards, especially towards the end. But it was just a lot of the, the middle part of this episode really got messy. Um, all right, Ranger Rankings. This is a tough one. I almost want to say nobody gets S here. A lot of these episodes are eights. Like, we got to take into consideration that a lot of these episodes are like sevens and eights. 
there's not a lot of nines or tens. The best of episodes is the best you're going to get. So like those four episodes that we picked are the 10 out of 10. You do have to consider though, like, is it better than the sum of its parts? All that other stuff. Um, I think th- let's start there's a little with- bit of rug pulling though. There's like quite a bit of rug pulling. I think we should start with the person who might, if anyone, be verging on S, and that's Riley. Oh, you were thinking Riley? I was thinking Shelby. Well, Shelby, maybe. Uh, let's start with those two. These are our. These are probably our top rangers, right? Like I think we both agree there. Um, yeah, I would consider Riley them gets, high A. Riley gets the most incredible intro that a Power Ranger has ever gotten. And we didn't really talk about that a lot in this episode because we talked about it in the intro. But, like, that kind of pushes him. He might be, like, at the very top of A right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't go so far as that. Um, I think he's definitely, like, mid to high A. My problem with Riley's intro episode is that, like, literally found an Energem on the ground. <laughs> like like that type of shit like that was just i was like oh man um but the rest of riley i think is great um that episode with chase was something else <laughs> uh and generally riley is a great teammate honestly speaking um shelby i think is another one that i would put in mid to high a just because like she's she's based in anti-capitalist as hell however they they pull the rug on her episodes quite a bit significantly enough to prevent her from being shitted on so that's tough yeah so i think she's kind of mid a for me tyler i think is another mid to high a tyler fucking excited to be a red ranger this motherfucker loves his job yeah um awesome to watch and everything uh honestly he just didn't have a really great standout episode like we talk about tyler quite a bit but he just doesn't have a standout episode where we can go he was a 10 there i bet you if he had a 10 out of 10 episode he would be an s easily um it's just unfortunate in that regard is also his plot with his dad kind of goes nowhere this season like they they pull on the thread a little bit but that's and it. i think it's good that they don't give us the full satisfaction necessarily that his dad was the spirit inside fury. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, like Tyler gets a little forgotten towards the end of the season. Yeah. And I think that kind of, yeah, he's an a, but not necessarily a high a, maybe even kind of a low a chase and Coder, I think are both B chase is like Chase is all right this season, actually. He's pretty good. Um, as much of a narcissistic asshole as he can be, he's kind of fun to watch. He has the quips of a Black Ranger and all this other stuff. But I think, like, ultimately his character doesn't get that much better outside of the context of Riley. But he's definitely better than C-tier, so I put him in B. Um, he's an overall good character who has lots of good small moments, but rarely stands out in a way that makes you go, wow, Chase. Um, Coda, we already kind of addressed the issue here. Coda would be fine, probably even in A tier, if they yeah. would just actually give him more backstory and cut the fucking baby talk. Yeah. 
<clears throat> it's unfortunate because I want to give him like at least like low A because he's really good. It's just that the dialogue it kills it. Moments really hit hard. Like we didn't necessarily emphasize a lot of them, especially because one of them happens in one of the best episodes. But like, yeah, like Coda really lands some shit. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna give him low B. I would love to give him. I would love to give him an A. Um. But it's just not. It's not there. Uh. I Sir Ivan. I think Sir Ivan's B. High B actually. Sir Ivan's great. Uh. Great performances. Um. There is some standout moments with him. They just don't do enough with him. I think. Yeah. They season. just don't do enough with him. I agree. It, like if Sir Ivan had really gotten like one episode that dove into who he is a bit more and his backstory a bit more and how he came to be you know the person that he is today and how how he feels about like the passage of time since you know he was trapped in fury and all that stuff like i don't know like there's just a lot that you could explore there and they don't really go for it but like he's a fun character so you don't you can't really hate him yeah kendall See, like mid, midest of the mid. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really say that she's terrible, but like, I don't know, maybe even a low C. <laughs> I was thinking low C, but she's like, if we were to put this on a fucking tear maker list or some shit, she'd probably be in mid C. Probably. Um, she has some deep seated racism she needs to get rid of. Honestly, uh, that prevents her character from like going up. Didn't deserve to be a ranger. We've already discussed that. Um, however, she is interesting. And as always, interesting gets you more points. Yeah, and the actress is fine and stuff like that. But it's like, God, I almost want to give her a D just because she did not deserve to be a ranger. Like that. Yeah, but like when she was a ranger, though, she was pretty good. Yeah, she, but she has good lines, yeah. she has good performances, etc. It might have came late into the season, but like her action sequences, her voiceover, like the execution of her in terms of like performance is fine. Yeah. Um, see. Yeah. Prince Philip. Prince Philip. You got like three episodes with him. I he's a C. I'm he's sorry. a C. I, I he's a high C because like slightly sl slightly higher than Kendall yeah slightly higher than Kendall because like he's just he's not a, much he's a little more enjoyable but there's not much there he's Batman and there's not a lot of substance given to that yeah <laughs> um, um season review gosh this is a tough one do you want to go first sure uh this is like an I I want to give this a nine. I, I desperately want to give this like a nine, at, at least like a nine point oh, but I can't. Um, this is more like a eight point five season. Um, there's a lot of great episodes here. There's a lot of like decent episodes that are like sevens, you know, or, or six point fives or sixes. There's not bad episodes. Is it greater than the sum of its parts? A little bit. But not by much, because you still have to contend with the fact that every time Koda opens up his mouth for more than a minute, it's annoying. When um, Kendall's being racist, 
Not cool. Shelby getting the rug pulled out of her? Not cool. Sledge was an alright villain, but he kind of like, I don't know. Like towards the end, he was he was getting pretty good, but then they just like killed him at the end. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think if honestly, if the villain was better, I would probably have given this higher marks and been like, yeah, sure. You know, despite the faults with some of the Rangers, this is something. But like the villain just wasn't that great to push this season over the edge. You know what I'm saying? To get it to like that nine territory. So I'm at an 8.5. I kind of almost want to give it an 8.75, but then I remember like Kendall's racism and I go, yeah, nah, 8.5 is probably like where I'm at. <laughs> I think I'm about like pretty close to the same. I think for me, it's probably the flat eight. Um, just because I did find a few things a little more jarring than you did. Uh, I didn't spend a ton of time talking about Keeper, but I hate him. He's okay. Like, you I hate really... you hate like any CGI uh character that the the Rangers do. That Power Rangers does. Kinda. There I they, not all I mean, I'm forgiving of some things, but there's like Tell I don't me know. one CGI character from the Power Rangers series that you like right now. Uh the new the new alpha in the new movie. That doesn't count and you know it. <laughs> That's not even canon. <laughs> At least I tried. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think- Gosei is probably like the best of the mentor characters that we've seen in a while. But like Gosei is like an exception. Traditionally, like these these mentor type characters or the characters that are at base just aren't good. Um, yeah, they- and Keeper is such I like will- a I'm so neutral on Keeper, you know? Um, I will give you that, and I will say that, like, you don't see a ton of Keeper. So the Keeper is not, to be clear, like, Keeper is not, like, a, a whole point off or even, like, a half point off necessarily. But I did feel like there were a lot of, like, small jarring things that annoyed me like that. I think if he um, didn't say, Kendall, you always deserve to be a Ranger, you'd be like, yeah, this is 8.5 season. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, but he did I think he took it. a half point off just because Keeper said that about Kendall. <laughs> He shouldn't have said it. I don't yeah. tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I don't um, blame you. I do think there's a lot of good stuff here. And like an eight, an eight, an eight is an a good score. An eight's a great score. And like, clearly if it's an eight, it's good. It's very watchable. Like, all of that is extremely true. I think what really lets this down is that, yes, there's a lot of little flaws. But also, it's like you were saying, is the whole greater than the sum of its parts? Only kind of. And I want to dive into that a little bit more because I think the big failing here with, like, is the whole greater than the sum of its parts is that this is not a high-concept season. The concept is not ambitious. The villain isn't ambitious. Especially from the perspective of the villain, but even from the perspective of the Rangers, it's like they hang out at a cafe and then go be Rangers. Like, that's very typical. Like, this is Mystic Force, you know? I think Um, it's actually more accurate to Jungle Fury. Yeah, it's Jungle Fury. It's 100% Jungle Fury. Um, So, like, I think because it is not very ambitious in a lot of what it's doing, 
that's why like it kind of comes out with like yes a high score but also just kind of barely a high score for me is because like yeah like i don't know it's just something like megaforce even if ultimately i rated them kind of close to the same megaforce you had to forgive more flaws because the concept was so ambitious and they did so much with it you had to appreciate that at times here yeah. this is a very low ambition concept and they don't go out of their way to do much with it and i will say that in some ways that's almost even a positive you know what i mean because it's like sometimes they go too far and i think it's why, a positive again, like, i would spin this as a positive mm-hmm. because this has a follow-up season so you know they're saving shit for the follow-up season i agree to an extent but i felt like the pacing of megaforce super megaforce was stronger yeah and I think that they could have had better pacing here. Uh, yeah. And I think even, like, ironically, even in a way, like, even Samurai kind of did a better job of making me, like, feel like the stakes were correct, especially, like, leading from one season to another than this did in some ways. Where it's like, it really just felt like they were just leaving on summer break, nothing matters. <laughs> like, you know, and, like, that's fine in most ways, but still it's like there there's this aspect to it when it's like you put all these storytelling elements together. It's just a little bit What you're telling me is that they should do a double date as the last episode of every season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought the season outro almost worked, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of storytelling elements that just when they all add up, just didn't quite add up to enough there's just there's just a lot left like a little too much left on the table even with like the caveat that it's like oh we're gonna have another season it's like you can't possibly resolve all this shit all right i know you're not going to that's part that's that's part of why i'm frustrated is because i'm like you know they're not gonna actually resolve all of this because they left too much all that just leads to this point where it's like well this there are kind of a lot of problems here that you can't ignore, so have to take a couple points off. But all that aside, really endearing characters, strong ranger team just in general, overall good villains of the week, overall good sets, overall great use of footage. There's just so many things about this that like if you're just looking for a season I can of hardly Power Rangers, tell when the Sentai footage starts. Oh, it's so hard to tell. It's so, so fucking, fucking hard. To hard. Tell. Yeah, they really did a great job. This is a season I think you recommend to people who know nothing about Power Rangers. Like this if you is, just go like yeah. Yo, I really I love Power Rangers. You should watch you should watch some of it with me. Throw this season on. I guarantee you the person that's watching with you will be intrigued enough to watch a couple episodes with you. It's this it's is a great season for brand new Power Rangers watchers. It's a great season for people who have watched Power Rangers forever too though because it's very self-aware of the content in a way that although there are certain things like the mind control thing that is old ground that they're retreading too hard. Overall, it's like they're really trying to put some fresh spins on certain aspects of it. So, even if you've seen every season of the Power Rangers, this is fun. Yeah. We can verify that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, is it perfect? No. Would I have loved to like give this season a 10? Yeah. Yeah. Like... Honestly, this had the potential to go all the way. 
That I think that's like the most frustrating part about it. Like this could have went. This could have been like Lightspeed Rescue. Good. Mm-hmm. I agree, but it's not quite that. But is it fun to watch? Yeah, it's really fun to watch. This is one of the easiest seasons of Power Rangers to just put on and enjoy. Um, and it's like 20 episodes with the filler guy too. It's like less than that. So honestly, it's so easy to chew on as well. It's yeah. very easily digestible. So it's there anything interesting because we're, we're rating this pretty close to how we rated Megaforce in a lot of ways. And what I'd like to say is like, it's, if you want to compare the two, it's like, this is just super watchable. Like, that's why it's an eight. It's just so watchable. Like, yeah. You're you're rarely gonna be like, oh, that acting was off, or oh, you know. But like Megaforce, Megaforce had that high concept shit going on. Yeah, Megaforce was ambitious as hell. And you yeah. have to respect that. So this is a good season for someone who's never seen Power Rangers before, in the exact ways that Megaforce is not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.